2: And lineups here on uh, Roto Grinders. We got uh, Kevin Rogers from Vegas Insider and Dan Back and a Bach in a hoodie. And I'm holding Kushner. How are you guys? Everything's going well. Is that a hoodie?
3: It's a collared shirt. Like, what do you? What do you? What are oh, you, you know what? Your shirt looks like, something, dude.
2: Yeah, it looked like there was a. Uh, well, you were on the far shot, and then I thought the chair was a hoodie. So, you know, we're off to a great start today. Hey, Rods, how are you, buddy?
4: Holden, I'm doing well, just trying to figure out the NFL. You have two 20-plus point lines this week, and it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I know we'll look back at the games, but, you know, some of these teams, you think they're good in week one, and they lay an egg in week two, and the teams that don't look good in week one, like the Dolphins, don't look look good again in week two. So there's just not a lot to figure out. It's New England, Dallas, Kansas City. Just ride those teams to be done with it. (laughs)
2: Well, you know, we're going to get to Baltimore and Kansas City here. In just one second, but uh, you know, Dan, I was looking back last week, and we're going to talk DFS with you. But both you guys, I I, again, I don't think the Patriots were a good bet last week. Yet they cover. You know what are you going to do?
3: Yeah, I mean, sometimes when those lines come out like that, I mean, you you sit and scratch your head, and then you realize that the people are making them have a lot of money on the line, and an 18 point road favorite week two was unheard of, and uh, it was never really in doubt. And I, I just think that it's tank Palooza out there in, in Miami. And we're seeing it again this week. And uh, it, it's, you know, they just traded away Fitzpatrick for another first round pick. So I, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better.
2: I mean, that's a 22, that's a 22, 21 point favorite with Dallas against Miami and 22 of the Patriots over the jets. It's ridiculous. Kevin, we haven't seen these lines. This is uncharted territory. It's not like the jets are tanking, but my goodness, man, this is just ridiculous.
4: Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, first with the Dolphins, the only, I guess, caveat I'll put on them is they have played now going to the Dallas game, three playoff teams from last year. So I'll give you that, but it it ends there because the offense was horrible last week against the Patriots for one half, they hung. And even if you took the Dolphins in the first half on Sunday, you think, okay, maybe they'll put up a good fight after the Baltimore game. But after that, You know, the second half was ridiculous. And Tom Brady and the Patriots are driving down the field, still up big. They're blitzing on the final play of the game. You know what? But it's the NFL. They can do whatever they want to do. As far as the Jets go, Holden, with the the game against New England this week, that, look, that's a different situation. They thought Sam Darnold was going to be the guy moving forward. He has the situation with Mono. He doesn't play against Cleveland. Trevor Simeon's not exactly the greatest backup. He gets hurt. So now Luke Falk, you have two Washington State quarterbacks starting in the NFL at this point with Luke Falk and Gardner Minshew. So, you know, you would have thought that the Jets, now Adam Gase is there, Le'Veon Bell is there, and it doesn't matter. And there's no reason to think, guys, that the Jets can score more than even 10 points against the Patriots this week.
2: No, nope, but in DFS, we got 40 touches coming up for Lev Bell, so that's good. Let's get into our five games here. Here's what we got: we got Baltimore at Kansas City. We got the Giants at Tampa Bay, Carolina at Arizona. We already found out that Cam Newton has a toe injury, so he's questionable. I don't know what that's going to do to the line. We'll talk to you about that, Kevin. New Orleans at Seattle and Detroit at Philadelphia. But uh, K. Roger's start, Baltimore at Kansas City, and the Chiefs are six and a half point favorites in this game
4: obviously the best matchup of the week when when you see these two teams holding and what uh, Baltimore has done offensively so far what Lamar Jackson has done so far to kind of shed that running quarterback tag that he's had that now you know he's a decent quarterback in the NFL and you know obviously what the Chiefs have done with Patrick Mahomes he had that fantastic quarter on Sunday at Oakland the Chiefs didn't score a point in the first third and fourth quarters of that game. So, I mean, say what you will about the Chiefs. They had a great second quarter, didn't do anything the other three quarters. But as far as this game goes on Sunday at Arrowhead, last year when they played when Lamar Jackson came in uh, the second half of the season following Joe Flacco's injury, he played well where the Ravens lost in overtime to the Chiefs and covered a six-and-a-half-point underdogs. This is a Baltimore team, guys, that covered their last four games as a road underdog last year. Three times with Lamar Jackson. They had the outright win against the Chargers that Saturday night game. Also, the Ravens picking up a victory at Pittsburgh last year in the underdog role at Atlanta when Lamar Jackson was making one of his first few starts. And, you know, that loss to the Chiefs in which they uh, fell in overtime. So the Ravens have felt good in that underdog role. And they go from a huge favorite. Last week against Arizona, which they didn't cover, to now an underdog against the Chiefs where Kansas City, we know, holding what they've been at home. They're great at home. They have not lost a home opener since 2015. That Denver game the Thursday night against Peyton Manning in which the Chiefs just melted down at the end. The Broncos had that late defensive touchdown to beat the Chiefs, but... You know, very tough game. You'd say take the points probably with Baltimore, but the way Kansas City can explode, I mean, you, you wonder if now the Ravens playing some real competition after facing the Dolphins and Cardinals, if this will be a wake-up call for them.
2: I mean, Lamar Jackson looks as good as just about any quarterback in the NFL. So, Dan, we got a total of 55 in this game, half 55, depending on where you look. Uh, DraftKings FanDuel, you're getting a discount on Lamar Jackson from Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if the Chiefs get out to a lead, boom. I mean, Lamar Jackson, this guy has every bit the upside of Patrick Mahomes. So the the quarterbacks, I think, are an interesting story there. you got to figure out which running back from each side you want to go to. LaShawn McCoy with an ankle issue, but he may be able to play coming up this week. Uh, Sammy Watkins shut down last week. It was a Travis Kelsey day. There's a lot of questions there from which offensive stars you want to take, but I think in cash, it looks like Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes because the discount, and then you got to get shares of both in GPPs.
3: Yeah, I think there's a little bit higher floor maybe with Lamar just because of the rushing yards, but not much. I mean, Mahomes, these first two weeks, he's thrown for 378 and 443 in games. And they've both been basically blowouts. I mean, that second half of that Jags game, he did nothing. And like Kevin alluded to, that second half of that Oakland game, there there wasn't uh, you know much scoring at all. I mean, there were situations that had some penalties, that had, had uh, touchdowns called back. But this guy has been incredibly productive in games that have been blowouts. What is he going to do when it's a back-and-forth high-scoring affair? This guy going to have 500 yards passing? I don't think it's impossible. Uh, so uh, this guy is, you know, just far and away for me, like the top GPP play, but the problem that you have, and if you're only playing one or three or five lineups, it's tough. Because who's it going to be on a given week? Is it going to be Watkins? Is it going to be Nicole Hardman, who should have had two touchdowns last week? The Marcus Robinson, who did have two touchdowns last week. And then Travis Kelsey, who has... Uh, a big game. It's so hard to know which guy it's going to be. So if you're playing cash, don't team him up with anybody. Just play him by himself. In tournaments, you kind of got to mix and match. But unless you're, you know, throwing a hundred lineups into a uh, a millie maker type of contest, it it's hard to get all the exposures that you want. So uh, one thing I do think we need to look at though is the weather here. Uh, there is a chance. It's going to be wet out there and I'm going to be keeping my eye on the line and the total and see which direction it goes in. The Ravens D has been pretty good. Only two touchdowns allowed in their first two games Uh, from the Baltimore side of things here. I like Lamar. Um, And the good thing about Lamar is it's very clear who he's targeting. It's going to be Marquise Brown and it's going to be Mark Andrews, but Andrews, man, I, I just don't think I can quite go there on FanDuel in particular 6.8 K. Um, even though he's gone for a hundred yards in each of the first two games, it's hard for me to think that he's going to, you know, p- probably do that again. I like him more on DraftKings, where they've really lowered the prices on the tight ends and the running backs. Uh, you can play him holding, but I'm not going to, unless we get clarity in Kansas city where one guy is hurt and one guy is healthy. Uh, that's a, that's a time split 51% of snaps for Williams, 41% for McCoy And I'm worried about the game script for Mark Ingram. So I'm off running backs in this game.
2: Yeah, well, Kevin, let's get back to the total here, right? So at 55, and we're expecting a high-scoring game. I'm not worried about the rain. Uh, The only thing I worry about when it comes to DFS is the wind. But what about on the betting side here? Does the rain affect anything?
4: Well, it should be interesting to see exactly what happens when we come to Sunday holding with the weather, but as far as the totals go, last week in week two, we saw three totals of 50 or higher all stay under Chiefs Raiders, and we know because the second half wasn't any scoring, Saints Rams, you could say the Breeze injury had something to do with that, and the Eagles Falcons also stayed under the high total, so That will be, uh, you know, we'll see if that trend goes because we had a lot of unders in week two. But here's another note for you guys. I mean, I'm not telling you something you don't know, but Cliff Kingsbury, remember, he kicked three field goals from very close distance in Sunday's loss to Baltimore. That if he gave (laughs) Kyler Murray an opportunity, my point is that Patrick Mahomes would probably go for that or Andy Reid and Mahomes would probably go for that and score on those. So the Ravens defense, the numbers probably look better because of that. And you face a guy like Fitzpatrick, who stunk, Kyler Murray, who has shown flashes so far, but, you know, still a rookie. Now you're going to the MVP of the league. So that's where, again, I'm not, you know, putting all the stock maybe in Kansas City here, but, you know, things are changing a bit. This is where, look, Baltimore still well coached, still have a very good defense. But now we'll see what they do against a team that has the potential to put up 35 points or so. Hey,
3: one 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 more point though I want to make on DFS in this game that I forgot. Marquise Brown on Fanduel is like a lock and load at sixty one hundred. By the way, like that is criminally underpriced on that platform. Thirteen targets for him last week. The snapshot share went up dramatically. They're probably going to be from playing from behind. Like that's a cash game play on Baltimore potentially with Marquise Brown.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know I can't see Lamar and Brown in my same cash lineup tell you the truth you're gonna have to save elsewhere and I'll play Mahomes. It. then
3: there you go you don't end I, cash you don't need the correlation I,
2: kinda, I think I kind of like Lamar Jackson a little bit more with the discount man I gotta I gotta squeeze in Dallas defense this week <laughs> yeah, I squeeze them in. I gotta get Dallas on on FanDuel I gotta get the Patriots over there on DraftKings come on man there's a lot going on you know last thing we're gonna get to the Arizona Carolina game in just a little bit but Dan I watched all that game Kyler Murray was so inaccurate in the red zone. You know, he kept going to Larry Fitzgerald, he kept throwing overthrowing him. So, I actually kind of understand the field goal cho- choices there out a couple of times because, you know, Murray just is not accurate yet. He'll get better, but yeah, he's but, not
3: there. but Kingsbury's supposed to be this, you know, young, like come in with a different attitude, not be the old guard type of uh head coach and then he does exactly what the old guard type of head coach does and that's just kick field goals rather than go for it in an optimal position so you know it's been a we'll get to to Kyler here in a moment because I think he's kind of interesting you know moving forward here but um, but man I just hate that sort of play call it's just so old-fashioned uh, and you know come on get your with, quarterback
2: when your quarterback's not accurate let him run want, a little bit get the points so then that's a night nice, you know what you should write Cliff Kingsbury actually he's probably watching this show so hey Cliff, come on Clifford uh giants at tampa bays our next game opened at the bucks uh getting uh are actually giving four points and now it's six and a half so k Rogers, the big news here eli manning benched i mean cbs news is talking about this i didn't know this was that big a story but yeah and daniel jones is in i don't think he can get worse than eli manning tell you the truth maybe there's a couple more turnovers but i tell you man th- this line keeps getting pushed up now it's six and a half uh uh, give me some thoughts on this game now that Daniel Jones is in.
4: I don't know if you're the Giants, how you can't make this move. I mean, I thought Eli Manning would be the quarterback of the Giants till 2035. Just keep him in there. Just because he made two big throws in two Super Bowls and he's the king of New York. You know, David Tyree and Mario Manningham saved him in two Super Bowls. And yet they, there's no way the Giants could ever bench this guy ever. Even though, look, we know what kind of quarterback – He's been he's been a serviceable quarterback for years, won them two titles, but enough's enough already. And Daniel Jones got a lot of crap on draft night when uh, they, they took him out of Duke. And look, he showed some some flashes in the preseason, but the Giants are going nowhere. So you might as well give him a shot right now. You're Owen 2 you haven't looked good offensively in two games. You have a fantastic weapon in Saquon Barkley you're wasting because you have an old quarterback. So you might as well try to see what you got with Daniel Jones. Now, as far as this game goes, guys, against Tampa Bay the last two years two pretty competitive games a two-point win by Tampa Bay two years ago at home last year a three-point win by the Giants at MetLife it was a game the Giants were up big in and the Bucks came back late the Giants had four interceptions on Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston in that one obviously you know no more Fitzpatrick but uh, the Giants, though, in that game were led by Saquon Barkley at 142 yards rushing and two touchdowns. So he had a lot of success against Tampa Bay last season. But uh, the Giants and Bucks, they're going to be known for playing close games as far as Tampa Bay goes. A few extra days of rest after that win over Carolina last Thursday. But, you know, with the Bucks, I guess the point is that they're now laying seven points. They were laying one to San Francisco. And we saw the Niners blow up last week against the Bengals. But you're telling me now all of a sudden they should go from a one point favorite over the Niners to a seven point favorite over the Giants? Just seems like kind of a big leap where we really don't know what Daniel Jones is yet.
2: Well, the guy, you got to figure this out, Dan, is who's the guy? Yeah, he went to Cody Latimer. Daniel Jones went to Cody Latimer a little bit in a preseason. Um, you're only playing Daniel Jones in a 150 GPP, right? I mean, you're not messing with this guy. Uh, huh? Oh, that's so us sure. Start. Okay,
3: I, I, here, here's the deal with Daniel Jones, looking at his salaries. Uh, on DraftKings, he's 5K. But on DraftKings, you can go and get Jameis Winston against the Giants for like 5.4K, or you can get – um. Uh, Carson Wentz for, I think, like 5.7K. So on on DraftKings, I don't think you need to do it. Now, on FanDuel, it's a completely different story because he's 6K. He is a ton cheaper than everyone else out there. And he looks good in the preseason, and there's no question, this is an upgrade for this offense going from Eli Manning to Daniel Jones. Yeah, he doesn't have the experience, but he's got talent. And we saw some of that manifest. In the preseason, so I think he's playable on Fanduel, probably not on DraftKings. But the guy that I think we want to play, there's a couple guys in this game that, that we need to talk about. One is uh, I love Evan Ingram here. That's the guy you want to play against Todd Bowles' defense. You going back years, if you look at him as a coordinator, the tight ends have eaten against his defenses. Week one, Kittle had a couple of touchdowns called back in that game, still had eight receptions, and then last week, old man Greg Olson went over a hundred yards. So I have no doubts in my mind that we're going to see Evan Ingram get fed. He's one of my top plays this week uh, in DFS. And uh, I think we can go back to Barkley. He only had 37 DraftKings points last year in this matchup. He is completely matchup proof. I think this is an upgrade even for him to to go from uh, Eli to, to Daniel Jones. So I think this is a very stackable game. I like to over in this game a lot, and I'm going to have some shares of both sides because – Jameis Winston, we've been waiting for a smash week to happen. And when you look at what Dak did week one against this defense, you look at what Josh Allen did last week against this defense. Right now, Jameis is the 18th-ranked quarterback uh, by Price on DraftKings and 15th on FanDuel. He shouldn't be. He should be better than that. So I like him um, a good bit in this matchup. And whether it's Evans or Godwin, those are the two guys you want to figure out Godwin now higher salary than Mike Evans. I think this is the week Evans gets on the board, so I'll take him at the discount.
2: I mean, I'm looking here. The Giants are giving up 441 yards a game. That's ridiculous. 321 yards uh, passing a game and 120 yards rushing. I mean, the Tampa Bay might actually be able to run the ball a little bit. No. I I don't want to get carried away, but they might be able to.
3: (laughs) No, it's a it's a Jameis smash spot, finally. So here it is.
2: Kate Raj, how about from the Tampa Bay side? And, again, uh, we're looking at the game total here. What is it, 48? Yeah, 48. So, from the Tampa Bay side of things, what have you seen from them, and what do you expect from them on this side?
4: Defensively, Holden, they haven't been that bad. And and we go back to the Niners game in week one. Jameis got picked off twice and was taken back for touchdowns. So, that's not obviously on Tampa Bay's defense. And they they pretty much shut down Jimmy Garoppolo as well as they could in week one and cam newton in the game last week we know there wasn't great weather and you know christian mccaffrey over 200 yards of offense against the rams he didn't do that against tampa bay they shut him down and that's one of the top weapons in the nfl so you got to give the buccaneers credit there for what they've done defensively the first two weeks and now you know facing a guy like daniel jones first time starting in the NFL, yeah, you got Saquon over there and obviously, you know, no Odell, so there's not a lot of other weapons for the Giants. But, uh, you know, I got to think the stays under just because Tampa Bay's defense has stepped up. And now you guys talked about Jameis and what he can do and, you know, you hope that he could put some points up. But uh, for what the Giants have done offensively, has been nothing. And what the Buccaneers defensively have done or has done so far through two weeks has been, uh, you know, not bad. So I guess you'd probably look at an underplay here.
2: Dan, any interest on the Tampa Bay side with their defense, performing a little bit better, going up against a rookie quarterback?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not I, – obviously, I was impressed by what they did against McCaffrey, but here's the thing to remember. The week before, McCaffrey got an insane number of touches, like in the 30s, and then they came off a short week. I think that was a terrible spot for Christian McCaffrey. I faded him in every showdown lineup I had for that Thursday night slate. I didn't think it would be that extreme – But um, they did also shut down the the run game of uh, San Francisco the week prior, which looked really good last week. So I do think they're a better defense than they were last year, where they were just the absolute worst. But I also think that this feels like Jameis isn't going to necessarily turn it over two, three times. I think this is just going to be back and forth, and I feel like there's just has that opportunity to be that potential shootout. And there's not a lot of games on this slate that I feel like that falls into that category. This one certainly does for me. So I'm on the opposite side of k Raj, and, and I think we see more points, not less.
2: Well, what do you think about that, Kevin? I mean, do you see, can you see a scenario where this goes over? What has to happen?
4: I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, if Jameis throws like two pick sixes, maybe, you know, as long as he, (laughs) I mean, as long as he limits the interceptions, then I think they, you know, they got a shot here, but this is when you get out of control when you, I mean, go go back to that Tampa Bay. I
3: mean, it's not a huge number. I mean, it's big, but it's not.
4: over 50 but Dan think about this for a second the Tampa Bay San Francisco game in week one had three pick sixes two by the Niners one by the Bucks. the total was 51 still stayed under was 31 to 17 so it just shows you how the offense has really did nothing in that game that you do need that you do need uh some defensive touchdowns maybe a big special teams play to set you up but again guys the x-factor is Daniel Jones that if he ends up Not throwing for 400 yards, but if he has a good game and keeps the Giants' offense somewhat afloat, then you got a shot. But I just can't see where the Giants will score in other fashions, you know, in a sense. But, you know, going back to week one, even against the Cowboys, they had that pass to Saquon down the sidelines that set up the first touchdown, and then the Giants did nothing after that. So you also need one of those, one or two of those big Saquon plays, maybe, and then you probably have a shot.
2: Yeah, it might be a little uncomfortable too, Dan. Now you and I both love Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram in this game, but I think you got to pick one of the two, don't you? You can't stick them both in your cash.
3: Well, well, not both in your cash lineups. No, I mean, I think for cash lineups, I mean, I think spending up at running backs the way to go. But I think there's a couple of guys that are a tad bit cheaper than Saquon that that you can play. But uh, for me, I really like Ingram this week. I think that Kelsey's he's just really expensive. It's just too hard to get up that, that high. There's some values depending on the site, but I think like on FanDuel, for example, uh, I am, I am fine playing Evan Ingram and Cash.
2: Okay. And then, yeah, I mean, if you want to pivot from, from Saquon, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, you might only get three quarters of Ezekiel Elliott, but you also might get six quarters of production out of three quarters from Ezekiel Elliott. Now this is, this is looking pretty good. All right. Caroline, Arizona, Uh, this line, Opened at uh Carolina, given three points. Uh, I haven't seen any movement there. Have you seen any, Kevin? We're sitting at three
4: still. No, it should be at two and a half. The news with uh Cam Newton, let's just Not look at the latest. No, well,
2: two and a half and three,
4: yeah. And at some place have taken off the board just because of uh they don't know Cam Newton's injury, and, and you know, we'll assume he's going to play. But... You know, there's a lot of things to go into this one, guys. Number one, obviously, the way that Cam Newton has looked in two games has not been very good. And they lose to the Rams. NFC champions week one, fine. They don't look good against Tampa, even though McCaffrey had the shot at the end, uh, you know, at the goal line. So you can say Carolina really in both of those games. I mean, they didn't get blown out. They didn't look bad like, you know, the Dolphins and Jets. But they're still 0-2. I sometimes think that you need to go on the road. If you have two losses like that, going on the road sometimes is a good thing. And for Arizona, coming off two games in which uh, they rallied against Detroit, Kyler Murray broke out at the end of that Lions game in the fourth quarter in overtime to force the tie. And then the Baltimore game, which we alluded to earlier as far as, you know, Kyler played well but couldn't finish in the red zone, and they had a close loss to Baltimore that – I really wonder here, assuming Cam plays, that you know if Carolina comes out and just really plays well, you know if this is going to be that breakout game for the Panthers. They still have the best offensive player on the field in Christian McCaffrey. You still have no Patrick Peterson for the Cardinals, and you know Arizona after these two tough games they played, that if there, there's going to be a letdown spot, a flat spot for the Cardinals here and for Carolina. Not saying their season's on the line. But when you look at that NFC South where it's open with the Saints, with Drew Brees hurt, Atlanta's 1-1, one and one, and then you look at, you know, the Bucks are 1-1, one and one, that Carolina can easily get back in this race with a win this week. So Carolina, I believe, uh, you know, should be worth a look. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we get a nice uh, wardrobe thing from Cam after the game. So he dresses really nice after these losses.
2: Probably hurt his toe trying to put some of that crap on his head. My goodness, what is going on there? Uh, Kyle, but if Kyle Allen's got to go, forget about it. I mean, Uh, uh, hey, hey,
3: well, hey, let's let's settle down here a little bit. okay? first off, Cam Newton hasn't been good this year. Okay, he hasn't been good at all. He's been mediocre at best. Now, I'm not saying Kyle Allen is, is, is Cam Newton, but in his one start last year, he went 16 for 27 against a pretty good Saints defense. They won that game 33 to 14, had two passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. So he's actually been, had a productive start under uh, under his wings here. So I don't think he, this is nearly as bad of a situation as it seems like Holden was alluding to there. And he is a 4K quarterback on DraftKings this week. I mentioned Daniel Jones. He's 5K. This guy's 4K in the, in the fastest pace situation he could be in playing Arizona. If he gets the start, you're damn right, he's viable for DFS, and and you gotta look beyond the name, and you gotta look at at the value prospects that this guy can bring. He doesn't need to score you twenty five fantasy points. If he gets you fifteen, and then you're able to roster Saquon, Zeke, and Kamara, or McCaffrey, or whatever you want to do, man, you're gonna make up for it in other places. So he is absolutely viable if he draws the start here. And I know that sounds crazy.
2: No, 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 that's fine, but you're talking about punting a quarterback when you got Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I mean, you got two guys that could put up thirty-five points, you got another guy that could throw you ten, and all of a sudden you got a twenty-five point difference. So, you know, sure, but you if
3: point. you if you play those guys, you're not going to have the salary cap to play big running backs. This I'd
2: rather you know, I'd rather punt and throw Pony well, Pollard I, in there because I'll get a quarter and a half out of him. Maybe he gets me a touchdown.
3: I get get Daniel Jones or Kyle Allen plus uh, let's say Saquon Barkley uh, versus you get Tony Pollard and Lamar Jackson. I'll take my side all day long. Tony
2: Tony Pollard, Lamar Jackson, and probably I I free up room for two running backs. So you know what? We should put our lineups together. We'll just, we'll well,
3: we'll see. I'll do a
2: little Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard uh backfield combo we'll see how, that, we'll see how that goes. yeah
3: I mean it's early in the week obviously a lot can change until we get to Sunday um few other DFS nuggets on this on this uh match up here because I think it is interesting total at 46 and a half in this one uh you know I'd be a little bit more leery on some of the pass catchers here the only guy that I really like from the Carolina side is Curtis Samuel he's 5k on DraftKings had 13 targets last game And he's quite a bit cheaper than DJ Moore. So I like the savings on him. Uh, You can't really play Olsen on FanDuel. He's only 300 less than Evan Ingram. So he's an easy pass there. But I think he could be viable on DraftKings. He's 3.7K. And if you look at the first two games of the year, TJ Hawkinson and Mark Andrews have both had a lot of success versus this defense. So uh, tight ends, so far so good versus them. I do like McCaffrey. He's going to get going again. Again, uh, extra time to rest off of that short week last week. I think it was just a blip last last week, and they're going to get him more involved. Lastly, on Arizona, man, tricky spot here with David Johnson. I think he's fine in kind of stacking situations if you want some pieces of both sides of this game, but just did not get involved last week in a pretty tough matchup for running backs against Baltimore. Could be a, a, a decent bounce-back spot for him. And, uh, and lastly, Fitzgerald and uh, Christian Kirk. I mean, these guys are both 5K – on DraftKings, they're getting double digit targets each and every week uh i mean 94 pass attempts for kyler through the first two games that's crazy so
2: i had fits in my cash last week they laughed at me i mean you got two x on fanduel you really cleaned up and again uh, kyler murray so let's get into this here all he does is look for larry fitzgerald in the end zone he kept going back to the well now unfortunately he was throwing it 10 feet over his head but at least the opportunity is there. You're going to get the volume out of Fitzgerald. So Kevin, let's talk about the Arizona side here. And the pace is there. They're going four wide. Uh, David Johnson missed a couple of series. I didn't feel like they really didn't push it downfield with him like he had in week number one. But this offense, while it has struggled and stalled out in the red zone between the twenties, you know they're they're putting some stuff up here. So I wonder if Arizona is going to put up some points in week number
4: three yeah we saw the slow uh, start in the detroit game back in week one where they didn't even score a touchdown the first three quarters and then blew up in the fourth quarter and uh, like you said they're they're getting opportunities they're getting down the field and i and i wonder even going back to the conversation we had about the ravens uh, earlier that why even clip kingsbury isn't calling for kyler murray to run in some of these right. situations instead of trying to throw you know if you have fourth and goal at the three you're telling me you can't drop a plate to get that guy in the end zone instead of him trying to throw, you know, in a very short uh, window there. I know it's very tough for anybody to throw there, but you have a very athletic quarterback and why he doesn't get that opportunity. I don't know. Maybe he will going forward, but uh, as far as, you know, the the Cardinals are going that, yeah, that they're getting yardage holding like you mentioned between the twenties, but can you punch it in? And that's what, that's what scares me a bit about the Cardinals that are they going to get down the field, get to the 10 and then settle for field goals. That, is that going to be, the issue and you know just go back to Carolina for a second again you know assuming Cam's gonna play that you know we're just waiting for the Panthers to to bust out but also at the same time just a couple notes on them they were 0-4 against the spread as a road favorite last year and lost all four of those games and the only game they've won since that six and two start was what Dan mentioned about that New Orleans game in, in week 17 which the Saints didn't even care about because they had everything wrapped up so Carolina's won one game since halfway through last season. So that's why it is tough to trust them, but also again with Arizona, I'm not too sure after these two close games they've played, now playing a team that's kind of desperate that Carolina is not going to overlook Arizona. That's one thing we do know.
2: Yeah, you know, Dan, I'm just looking at Arizona's defense here. They are the Miami Dolphins light on defense. They're giving up 458 yards per game total they are given up 309 yards passing per game, 149 yards rushing per game, 25 points per game. So they're getting a little lucky that they haven't given up more points than that. But, man, the Arizona defense has just been a sieve. So you, you, you talked about Samuel. I think the McCaffrey play, he's in a smash spot. And hey Kyle Allen, come on, let's do it just start hopefully cam plays i don't have to talk about I, I
3: don't know that he's going to i think there's 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 larger I, issues there and
2: i, I wonder like, i real quick i wonder if yeah. he has been playing injured the first two weeks too if it's he's just gotten bad. to the
3: point he's not been a very good quarterback at all and he was hurt last season and it affected his uh his play there and you know i i don't i'll i'm leaning towards the side of him not playing i know it's really early in the week it's only tuesday but uh You know, he even made a comment yesterday, like, I need to look at myself in the mirror here a little bit and and reevaluate things. So I think he wants to get healthy because playing injured has not worked out for him. And by the way, this is the week Kyler breaks one with his legs. Uh, I think he'll have like an an upwards of 30 or 40 yard run in this game. We've seen none of it to this point in time. Um, It's going to pop sooner rather than later. I think
2: it, it it pops this week for me. You're predicting Kyler Murray breaking his leg in this game. That is disgusting. Oh, come,
1: on. come on. <laughs>
2: So you look at him breaking the big one. All right, let's move on to New Orleans, Seattle. Hey, K-Rodge, this opened as a pick Did it really? That's, I'm looking at Vegas. Well,
4: I think I was also thinking that Breeze, you know, gonna thinking pull? Breeze was going to play.
2: All right, yeah. it's five, five or four and a half, depending on where you look at it. This game is in Seattle. So the Seahawks, you know, their offense has been humming. Chris Carson needs to hold on to the football. But, um, you know, defensively, they could stop the run on the other side. You got the saints. I just don't know what to think of these guys. And the total is 44 and a half. So talk to me first of all about the total because I'm more interested in that than anything else. It's a very interesting number. It's a little bit lower. And then on the other side, um, which side are you on right now?
4: You know, number one, Holden, we'll talk about the total. Then we'll get to the side that, uh, there was a big issue with uh, any team going into a game thinking this is going to be your starting quarterback in a revenge game that everything that, you know, they talked about, you know, the pass interference, all this other stuff, and then he gets hurt. And all of a sudden now you feel like you're in the dumps a bit. And they had the defensive touchdown call back as well, you know, which we all thought, you know, was the wrong call, but uh, you know, the saints offense obviously struggled there against the Rams uh, in that situation. Now you get Teddy Bridgewater going against Seattle where on one side, you can say Andy Dalton threw for 419 in week one against the Seahawks. You can put that out there. And last week, you know, I mean, Seattle gets a, a Ben Roethlisberger who ends up hurting himself untouched. So now he's done for the game. So Seattle gets backup quarterbacks in back-to-back weeks. But they still had a high-scoring game against the Steelers last week I I do think that this total maybe you can see it go over we know Seattle runs the ball a lot but also Russell Wilson we also know can throw that 50-yard pass down the field for a touchdown so Seattle you never know what you're going to get from them but at least with the Saints you still have Kamara you still have Michael Thomas there and Teddy Bridgewater has still started in the NFL he's not Luke Falk I mean I mean he's a guy that can play uh, so I think that this could be one that goes in the 20s each. Maybe you get a 28, 24, 28, 21 game, something like that. But as far as the side goes, I'll give you a couple trends each way uh, and all involving New Orleans. First, the Saints, remember they were 9-0 and ATS at one stretch last year. After they failed to cover the first two games against the Buccaneers and the Browns at home, they covered nine in a row. Since then, one and eight against the spread, and that includes the two non covers in the playoffs against the Eagles and the Rams. So, New Orleans has not been a good team to back. But on the flip side with them, though, they have not lost back to back games since 2017. So, just to put that out there, so they didn't lose back to back last year, and they started 0 and 2, in fact, in 2017. So, that was the last time they lost back to back games. They've won seven in a row off a road loss since 2016 so pick your poison which one uh which way you want to go as far as seattle not a lot of uh good trends to give you on them either way just just nothing substantial but you know for seattle they haven't been a good road team and they finally got over that hump in september by beating pittsburgh but now with new orleans kind of resetting things and going back out West after the Rams game, they can hopefully can digest what happened with Drew Brees. he's still going to come back in a few weeks, but you just hope that Teddy Bridgewater can get a good uh, effort out of him. And maybe the saints hang here.
2: Are we sure Bridgewater's going to that Taysom Hill may not get some play here.
4: I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Sean Payton put him in. We saw, we saw what he could do last year. He's extremely athletic. You know, he's a pretty good quarterback slash running back. And uh, I mean, who knows either way, but, uh, you know, for New Orleans, at least the good news is that, that there's other guys out there, but you, know, you don't have Drew Brees either. So that's uh, that'll be the big question.
2: How do you think it moves the line if Peyton comes out and says Tayson Hill's this guy? Listen, I I, I don't he know won't. if it's going to happen. He won't. It, he won't do that. I mean, what if? I, I, what if? What's
3: going to happen is, and he nailed it. Is they're going to start Bridgewater and but they're going to have more packages than they did last week for Taysom Hill. I mean, he's got all week now to get ready for it And even if he was going to to do that he certainly isn't going to like let the uh, Seattle defensive coordinator know ahead of time oh we're going to be using this running quarterback we're not going to get that ahead of time I think they use both these guys and I think they, they basically make them completely useless for DFS for that reason
2: <laughs> well I, that's a good point that he's not going to leak who the starting quarterback is although I mean Things have come out before in the media when they don't want them to do it. But let's talk about this from a DFS perspective. Um, If Bridgewater's in there, or maybe even, you know, you get some tastes in hill, what does that do to Kamara? What does that do to to Michael Thomas?
3: Man, I I think it hurts these guys. And, you know, last week, I don't know what happened with Alvin Kamara. I mean, even after Breeze went down, you would have figured, okay, it's going to be check down city all, all day to Alvin Kamara. And he saw like three targets, the entire game. So that's really, really worrisome. And what was a, an advantageous matchup and a, and a good game script for them, you know, trailing in that one. So uh, I think Kamara. I love taking these guys after a down week, but it does worry me a little bit with the quarterback situation. But then again, this could be a spot where they're like, okay, we're going to ride our best player. And that's Alvin Kamara. Uh, Michael Thomas is a great player too, but I think he's definitely, I don't say a product of Drew Brees, but I have a tough time seeing him putting the same type of numbers up uh, without Drew Brees as at quarterback. I think he's fine if you if you want to run him back with you know some some Seattle players. But uh, I won't be having him you know by himself in many lineups at all. The Seattle side's kind of interesting here because we get a spot with Russell Wilson, who you know last week over three hundred yards passing. Been a while since we saw that, and he was zeroed in on Tyler Lockett. He went for 10 receptions, 79 yards. That's what we expected to see coming into this year. and I think we're going to see more of it. Uh, Pretty fair salary for him. Uh, I think he's extremely playable this week. And then DK Metcalf had a touchdown last week, 4.7. A nice, you know, moderate salary on him. I think he's fine in team stacks or game stacks. But again, probably not a guy that I'm looking to lean on too heavily. If you need value at tight end, I don't think you really do this week. Maybe on FanDuel. A little bit thin here on DraftKings, but Will Disley had five receptions for 50 yards and two touchdowns, and this isn't the first time Disley has been involved in this offense. He was quite a bit last year, ended up getting hurt. Um, I don't hate him as a tournament flyer, mainly on dra- on FanDuel, where you know some of the tight ends are, are priced up a little bit higher, so I don't mind the value on him. But interesting, Seattle D could be one to consider in this game as well, especially on FanDuel. They are. Very cheap over there going against uh, will be a backup
2: quarterback, yeah. You know, one of the things is that, um, you know, Seahawks just completely crushed the run so far, but the Saints, you know, the Saints have given up almost 150 yards rushing a game. So, and if you look at game script, and you think that maybe Chris Carson's a play,
3: but I mean, he fumbled twice last week, I know, and, you know, There's I mean,
2: with him though, they're not going away from him.
3: Well, he had 15. 15- 15 rushes like you know you had 10 for for penny last week and he scored a touchdown I I think it's it's a little too toxic for me to go to I love Carson week one but I saw a fairly productive Rashad Penny last week and and I think it's more of a timeshare so I, I think it's risky to go back there
2: so you know again back to the the total here Kevin sitting here at around 44 and a half if it's Bridgewater do you like go back to this do you like the under
4: no, I think it, this could be an overplay. I think we can see, I mean, going back to week one, even against Cincinnati, you had a high scoring first half in that game and the teams did nothing in the second half. And you know, now you go into this game where Seattle's offense busted out a bit against Pittsburgh last week, and the Steelers, you know, like you guys mentioned, the running game was terrible. So they didn't do anything and they didn't have Big Ben. So obviously, you know, their game plan is shot. And now New Orleans going into this week where you know, Taysom Hill is still a nice option to have. That That's a guy in short yardage situation you can use. I mean, pass Kamara, that can also be helpful. And, I mean, for New Orleans, you know, you look at uh, week one where the Texans kind of diced him up. And last week, you know, for the most part, they hung with the Rams. The Rams exploded late, but they did a pretty good job. But uh, now you're facing a guy in Russell Wilson who, you know, again, th- this offense – has the ability for big plays, but also choose up the clock. So that's kind of the the tough part with Seattle at times to figure them out is, are they just going to run, run, run? Or is Russell Wilson going to unload one and get a big touchdown? So I I still would probably lean towards the Seahawks in this game just because I don't know if you can trust the Saints going back out West a second straight week coming off this loss to the Rams. But uh, I I think you could maybe see this one sneak over the total. All
2: right, we got an interesting one with, Detroit and Philly because we're sitting here earlier in the week and there's reports that Alshon Jeffrey's going to be out with a calf. He may miss, you know, this game, he may miss the Thursday night game too, on a short turnaround. Deshaun Jackson, yeah, you know, he's got some issues too. So you might be without your top two targets there for Carson Wentz. They, I mean, we'll see if they can get their run game going there, but it's the Eagles given seven points on a short week. To Detroit. I mean, Detroit, listen, Detroit has not been uh, anything special. They are going on the road. So this to me, Kevin, this is the most fascinating line of the week, besides for the two teams that are favored by over 20 points, because short week teams going on the road against the team in a short week, a couple of big injuries there for the Eagles. I got to tell you, I want your advice here. I want your advice on this one because I, I am torn by both sides, and I think it is a fascinating game.
4: It definitely is, Holden. And, uh, you know, you look at Carson Wentz, and and is he going to be healthy too? Remember, you know, he went off into the injury tent, and you saw Josh McCown play for a bit on Sunday night in the loss to the Falcons, even though Carson Wentz had a couple big throws in that game late. But, uh, I mean, you still got to remember, Philadelphia struggled against Washington in week one. They got down 17-0, and they had two big bombs to Deshaun Jackson which helped them in that game. And if Deshaun Jackson is not 100%, then obviously, you know, we'll see how that affects Philadelphia. As far as the Lions go, and, you know, week one, they looked dominant for three quarters. They looked terrible in in the fourth quarter and in overtime against Arizona, a game that Detroit should be well, I can't even say Detroit should be two and zero. They should be one and one. They should have beat Arizona. They should have lost to the Chargers. I, I really believe that. But still, you know, Detroit is a right now. It seems like a middle of the road team, kind of been that you know, 20 to 32 range right now in the NFL, but they're getting seven points. And I just wonder if Matt Stafford, you know, can put up the numbers he did back in week one against Arizona. You got to give Detroit's defense credit because that Chargers offense is pretty good. Granted, still no Melvin Gordon, but they shut down Phillip rivers last week. And I know there were two missed field goals by the Chargers. They fumbled at the one going in. So they had opportunities, but Detroit still did the best they could to silence the Chargers offense, which has been very good under Phillip Rivers. So, I mean, you probably look at Detroit here just because, you know, there's some momentum there. And the Eagles, you know, with these injuries, and Carson Wentz not 100%, and we've seen that throughout his whole career, I don't know how you would lay the seven there.
2: What about the team playing on short rest too? Any factor there?
4: As far as the Eagles, with the Sunday night game?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's really not – it's not that short of rest. Okay, I take it back. It's three no. hours,
3: so come on. Yeah,
2: it's three hours. Shut up, Kushner. <laughs> yeah, what am I doing here? Um, how about you looking at Detroit and Philadelphia? So if you don't have Jeffrey, Dan, and you don't have DJx, Nelson Aguilar, and you would think Zach Erst, because Goddard is, it just hasn't been healthy since the preseason. That, to me, are the two big guys, and I get it. J.J. Archega-Whiteside. He wants to be Archega. It's not Arcega. It's Archega. Um, it didn't look good. Yeah, you know, it didn't. Well,
3: here here's the thing and I agree. This this line kind of was eye opening to me. Uh, I was surprised that they had Philly at a touchdown. Like I thought maybe it would be 6, but to cross that line and get to 7, um that was shocking to me here for some of the reasons that you brought up. Uh, but the thing about it from a DFS perspective is Carson Wentz on DraftKings really cheap. He's 5.6k. He was 5.7 week one and blew away value. And here's the thing about this Philly team is their running game is complete and utter dog shit, just to be frank. Absolutely terrible. And this is a team that has an implied um, team total of 28 points here. So you're looking at potentially four touchdowns. I don't see him coming in the run game. Do you? They haven't done a squat at all this year with that, especially Against this tough Detroit, uh, you know, front seven, so I think this is a spot where Wentz is going to chuck it around, and, and we got to definitely keep our eye on the injury side of things. I think there's a good chance Deshaun Jackson will play, but Jeffrey looks like he's going to be out. Uh, if they're both out, you're right. Aguilar gets a huge bump, got a ton of targets last week, and same with Zach Ertz, 16 targets uh, last game against uh, the Falcons on Sunday Night Football. And Archega Whiteside, like he didn't look great last week. Don't get me wrong, but he was in for 75 snaps. That's a ton. And this is a guy who, going back to his days at Stanford, was a huge red zone target. He's like six foot six, and basically boxes people out on jump balls in the end zone. So you know, if you're looking for a min salary kind of flyer to to put with Carson Wentz, I think you could do worse if D. Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are are out in this one.
2: Yeah, and you were talking about Ingram in that Giants game getting a ton of targets. I mean, if the two guys, if Jeffrey and Jackson, and really if Jackson's not even at 100%, I think Ertz is just a monster, monster play this week. And Nelson Aguilar, you talk about Ortega getting, Ortega Whiteside getting 75, Aguilar got 78, and he scored a touchdown. So from that perspective, um, and by the way, Philly is on a short week after Sunday, which is, you know, one I'm just, justifying trying being, to save no, your, justifying being a dumbass save yourself yeah, I, I think i didn't did i <laughs> 47 and a half game total kevin high low middle what do we got
4: i mean right now a lot of the public money is looking at the under the Westgate opened it up at 49 and a half and you know like you mentioned with these uh you know receivers being hurt total at 47 and a half that you know for detroit you know again Three quarters against Arizona, six points. Four quarters against the Chargers, ten points. They played pretty well defensively. Kyler Murray blew up for a quarter, you know. So I got to give the Lions that. And as far as the Eagles go, that, you know, again, Philadelphia, you know, they did all right with uh, shutting down Matt Ryan. They did the best they could uh, in that game. I'm, I'm not going to give him a medal for it. But, you know, against Washington, Case Keenum lit him up. So you kind of wonder, is Matt Stafford going to do the same thing, I'm going to lean under as far as this could be 24, 20, you know, I'm not saying 13, 10, but if this one would stay just under, I just got to look at Detroit's defense. And so far they play pretty well for the most part, seven of eight quarters. And with all these issues with the Eagles, I don't know how they're going to get to you know, 27, 28 points.
2: It's interesting. All right, guys, we do have a couple of minutes. And we kind of, we touched on the Patriots uh, laying 22 against the Jets and the Dallas uh, 21 against Miami. And by the way, that game opened at 16. I mean, <laughs> why are we just not opening games at three touchdowns now, Kevin? <laughs> Last week we said, oh, you cannot, we can't think about the Patriots. Oh, it's 18 and a half points. It got bet up to, it started, what, 14, 14 and a half? But looking at both these games combined, it's not the Jets' fault. They're not tanking, all right? Their quarterback has mono. What are you going to do? You got a third stringer there. Miami. Everybody wants out They're Now they're, they're traded guys and Dallas has looked as good as any team uh, in the NFC right now. So you got two terrific teams going up against two doo teams. Would you consider 22 and 21 points? No,
4: no. I mean, how can, I mean, how can you, they, they, the Dolphins barely get a hundred yards of offense against new England uh, in week two, they give up 59 to Baltimore in week one. Would you be on the Patriots Dallas side? That what?
2: Would you be on the Patriots or Dallas side at that number?
4: Dallas, Dallas. no, no. Oh, I, I don't think I don't think I have faith. If I choose between the two, I would choose the Patriots because I know they could really run it up. Dallas could win the game twenty-seven to seven. I know that's like just underneath it, but. I don't know. I, I just feel like the Dolphins, I don't know if they're that bad. I guess they are that bad. The Dolphins and, is so bad, Kevin. They're they're horrendous. But here, can you guys explain something to me? Why is Ryan Fitzpatrick still starting? Why can't like or, or let me rephrase that? How come Josh Rosen hasn't got an opportunity? Is he just that far behind? Like, like seriously, Fitzpatrick has been so bad that Josh Rosen. Rosen looks get a
2: horrible. Chance? Rosen looks horrible against backups. I mean, yeah. when he's come in. And then, do you, do you want Josh Rosen just completely – maybe they think he has confidence Just Do you want him to continue to get shredded with confidence? They're in the ultimate tank phase. Throw a guy out there that throws more interceptions than anybody else in the history of the world and just lose by 50 points. They have a ton of first-round picks. They got multiple second-round picks. I love what the Dolphins are doing, Kevin. I absolutely love it. They, find, they got some sack. Let's tank and build. We're going to be the Houston Astros – of the National Football League, if they could get the draft picks right,
4: but that's that's the point. You can get a thousand draft picks. You got to get the right guys. Give yourself they, a chance. Give yourself a chance. That's fine. And and you know what? You know you got no shot in this division. Okay, for until Tom Brady's done, and the rest of the other playoff spots in the in the AFC, you're not going to be a top six team. So why try to be seven and nine or six and ten? Exactly. But this is historically bad. I mean, show a little. Just show something. Show a little bit of anything and, and, and they have no right playmakers now. like that's the thing like their running
3: backs are tr- straight trash in, and <laughs> in, in, in break I mean Devontae Parker's been one of the most overrated receivers you know in the league over the last few years they've got nothing and they traded away all their you know any talent that they might have had on their offensive line and now you know Fitzpatrick in the secondary so it's good like I said the the opening it's going to get worse before it gets better uh I think it's for me the Dallas side, and I think there's a chance the Jets can grind it out enough to not get completely obliterated in this game. That's my that's my lone hope here. Is that uh, <laughs> if I have to take a side here, it's going to be Le'Veon Bell eating clock and uh, hopefully you know keeping it like a, a twenty point game. Can so, I do my
4: Can I do my Kalen Bellage imitation? Let's see. it.
2: There he goes. Uh oh. And. <laughs>
4: I mean, come on. Like, really? I thought I thought it was bad ducking for the ball, but then the second one? Like, come on. That's as bad as it gets.
2: Kind of looked like my date back in high school. Anyways, um, Dan, defense. Patriots-Dallas are both – well, they're both the same price on FanDuel. Now, you're getting a little discount with who it is. I think uh, the Patriots are getting a discount. I think you're getting a discount on DK with the Patriots. But on FanDuel, are both these defenses somebody you're considering in cash And if so, which side are you going?
3: Yeah, I haven't gone through the lineup building process yet because it's still early in the week. I am typically not one to subscribe to paying up for defenses. Last week, obviously, if you didn't do it, you weren't winning any tournaments. And if you did it in cash games, you probably swept because it was such a crazy outlier of a defensive performance by New England. So obviously the floor is going to be really high. I just don't think we'll see the ceiling like we saw last week manifest again here so I'll probably not be playing too much of those it's going to kind of depend on where the value comes from you know if we if we decide to play a Daniel Jones on FanDuel or a, a Kyle Allen if he gets the start on on DraftKings then absolutely you're going to have salary cap and, and it makes more sense to go that route but if you're paying up for Mahomes and Lamar Jackson tough sledding to be able to uh, to put in a 5k defense over on FanDuel I, I don't think that 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 build's going to work too well
2: yeah there was a story in the New York Post that a better put down 3400 on the Dolphins to go oh and 16 Kevin and I think it's 30 to 1 right now I can't I can't believe I'm saying this but this really might happen yeah I think he
3: did it at like 15 to 1 though I think it's like or, or I, I don't know maybe I, I think the odds he got it at were really bad if I remember correctly because I saw that somewhere is a ding well, on
2: for getting in, and now it's up to 30-1. Yeah, so
3: I don't know.
4: But. Well, the only thing for the Dolphins is, which would be so Dolphins, is they still play the Jets twice. They still play the Giants. They still play the Redskins. So knowing them, they're going to tank, but find a way to fall into two or three wins, and someone else is going to go 1-15. And and <laughs> this whole time, I'm telling you, they're going to do it. They're going to find a way to to win. Uh, but it goes back to even last year at that Patriots game, the Miami Miracle. Do you realize if you lose that game, and I think the Bills game at home, they jump a few draft spots? Like because you're pulling off this crazy stuff, then all of a sudden you're screwing yourself.
2: Well, that was you fun. Know what? You'll remember that forever.
4: I'll remember forever if they get a great quarterback next year that's the next Marino. Then I'll remember forever.
2: The Miami not, Miracle. Yeah. That's what I'm talking that's about. That's it. Dan, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, buddy?
3: Uh, not that, but no, not really. Just check us out, rotogrinders.com. If you're into DFS or you're you're trying it out for the first time or you, you hear some of my takes and you're like, okay, well, well, let's see if that wants to, you know, if that's gonna work, then, then check us out. You know, we've been doing this longer than anybody. Uh, our premium content, you can get it by the week, you can get it by the season. And, you know, if you buy our uh, just our our regular monthly package, it'll include you know, PGA, which is actually a ton of fun. If you haven't done uh, DFS golf, that is maybe the most fun sport out there. And then NBA right around the corner as well. That's all included in the monthly package. So uh, check it out.
2: Sharp side apps, kind of fun too.
3: Absolutely. And a uh, handicapping challenge still going on sponsored by uh, Vegas insider weekly prizes, half season prizes. And of course, 5k uh, to the winner. And just because you missed the first couple of weeks, you get to go, uh, basically swipe the bets for the over-unders and the lines for every game. We're not limiting it to five. So that means uh, that many more opportunities for you to get hot and uh, and catch up.
2: Kevin, were, he- were betters happy with your lock, or did you have to pay back?
4: My lock was a loser. Actually, I think I pushed it. I had the Bears on, uh, on Sunday. I had it at two, and – they got to win that game. They got to win the game by double digits. I don't know how they didn't cover that game. And I know that they got lucky in the end with the roughing the passer and the long field goal and the longest second in the world before that timeout. But I did like Chicago and uh, didn't work out. So we'll have to do it again next week.
2: Guys, I really enjoy the show. It's, it's a lot of fun doing it. You know, Dan and I disagree. You and Dan disagree. No one agrees with Dan. Uh, K. You, you I love your banner in the background. It just looks terrific today. Yeah, we
3: need to get that updated. We, up. we need to,
2: we need to it up, it, up
3: it up it uh, over there a little bit, K.
2: Raj. Like, <laughs> it's come like on, an angle.
3: Life, let's get it.
2: <laughs> it's at an angle. All I see is insider. Come on, K. Raj. Put. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> You're moving all around. Put Vegas Insider on your forehead. You
4: know, you know, it's like it's like the CBS Sports banners that are up uh, up in the NFL stadiums. That's what it looks like.
2: <laughs> all right, guys. This is great. Uh, lines and lineups. Just real quick, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Holden Radio, K-Rodge, what's your handle?
3: vi Rogers. Dan? Dan underscore Bach. Spell it B-A-C-K.
2: All right, Dan, Kevin, I'm Holden. Uh, Devin back in Nashville. Great work today. Week three, lines and uh, lineups. We'll catch you week four.